following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Today. You know, one of the things um, that, that happens a lot of times on Easter is we dress up a little bit more. We want to let you know if you didn't, that's totally fine because we, we are never going to try to accept people or not accept people based on the way that you dress. But it is kind of one of those times of year where I like to put on a jacket. I mean, I don't normally wear a jacket on Sundays, but it's kind of fun to put on a jacket. And growing up, it was kind of one of those things that as a kid, Easter meant we were getting new clothes. Yeah, so I mean, it was pretty exciting. Now, that was fun some of the time, because it was really fun when we actually went out and bought clothes, but wasn't, what wasn't quite as much fun is when my mom made our clothes. Because when she made our clothes, there were four boys in my family, we all looked the same. I, I know some of you think that's pretty cool. For me, it was mortifying. I didn't want to ever dress up exactly like my brothers, and, we, and she always made it out of that polyester. Y'all remember those polyester leisure suits? Some of you aren't old enough to remember that, but man, they were awesome. I wish they'd come back in, in because, man, you could play football in those things, man. They were, they were like stretchy pants. Maybe that helps you understand a little bit better. And so it was really awesome. Well, I've got a picture this morning of, a, of an Easter that happened many, many moons ago. This young man here on the bottom right is my brother, Neil. That good-looking man up on the left there, that's me. Uh, right up there. And so today when you're leaving back at the, in the back in the hallway, we've got a photo booth set back there. So you can go back and take a family picture. So then in about 30 or 40 years, we can make fun of you too and the things that you're wearing. All right. Hey, I want to get right into the message today. And I want to talk about what, what today is really all about. Today is not about the Easter bunny. It's really not. Now, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the Easter bunny. I'm not co- opposed to Easter egg hunts and, and people doing all those things. I think they're a fun celebration. But today, we've got to really understand what today is really all about. And today, we celebrate what Jesus Christ has done. We celebrate the fact that he died for us and the fact that he rose again. And both of those things are incredibly important for us to understand. So if you don't mind, right up here at the front, I want to give you just a a little bit of theology behind what today is all about. Because in the beginning, Adam and Eve sinned. And they, they, they lost that relationship with God. And because of that, because of the fact that we were all in Adam, we were all born into sin. We didn't even have to do anything wrong. Just being born, we were actually born sinners. And the Bible says that the wages of sin or the payment for sin or the penalty penalty for sin is death. Now, it's talking about much more than the physical death of when you'll die. It's talking about an eternal death, being separated from God forever. But the Bible goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus loved you and I so much that he provided payment for the penalty of our sin. And so that's why the Bible says in John 3.16 that whosoever, and just so you know, every one of you here today are a whosoever, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when we believe in Jesus, not in in his existence, but when we believe in him, when we surrender our lives to him, might be a better way of saying it, we become righteous. What that simply means is that we're put in right standing with God. In fact, the Bible says that we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in that moment, our sin has been paid in full by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The Bible says that we become a brand new creation. God doesn't fix you. You become a brand new creation. It means that we don't have to pay for our sin. 
I don't know about you, but when I look at some of my sinful lifestyle, I'm thankful today that we don't have to pay for our sin, even in this life. You know, I know sometimes we're dealing with some stuff in our life because of some past behaviors that we, we have done. You have to understand that God is not making you pay for that. In fact, God can bring his redemptive quality into something that we did wrong and restore it. So we don't have to pay for our sin in this life, nor do we have to pay for our sin in the life to come. It has been paid in full. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. All of your sin has been taken care of. Do you know what that means? It means that God doesn't actually send people to hell. Hell is a place where people choose to pay for their own sin. Because Jesus' death provides payment for our sin. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, we're justified. What that means is we've been declared righteous. And all we have to do now is to believe and receive what Jesus Christ has already done. It's the most powerful thing in the world to understand his death. But his resurrection, the understanding of his resurrection is important because it proves that God the Father was actually satisfied with Jesus' payment. So because of that, today you and I can have assurance. We can have confidence in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But I'm thankful that it doesn't end there. In fact, it's something that we don't look at and we say, okay, that's kind of neat. You know, I'm kind of thankful for that. I'm going to give my life to Christ. And from now on, I'm just going to try to hang in there until one day I'm in heaven. Listen, that's not God's plan for your life. Jesus didn't want you to come and to know him as your savior and then try to white knuckle it through life. He wanted you to understand that he has an incredible, a wonderful, a phenomenal life prepared for you. In fact, Romans chapter 8 says this, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Let me tell you what that means. It means that the Spirit of God or the power of God, the power that it took to raise Jesus from the dead. Are you ready for this today? If you're a child of God today, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It wasn't just for Jesus. That same power that raised Christ from the dead today, it dwells in you. Let me say that again. That same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. If you're a child of God, it's in you today. It dwells in you today. That's why we don't just celebrate the resurrection of Jesus just one time a year. We're celebrating every day, every moment, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because on this resurrection day, we're celebrating that His Spirit lives inside of us today. This verse goes on to say, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. In other words, in the same way that God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by that same Spirit that dwells in you today. See, God never intended for the Resurrection Sunday again just to be celebrated occasionally. You need to know that God intended for his resurrection power to come into your life and to give life to dead areas of your life every day. Moment by moment, day by day, grace through grace as we've been singing about today. That it's from grace to grace. It's not a one-time grace, okay, now let me hang in there till Jesus comes and life's going to be really horrible. God wants you walking in new levels of grace every day. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in you today. You know what the enemy doesn't want is he does not want you to know that. 
He wants you to think it's, well, you know, just about getting saved and giving your life to Christ. And now, let's, if we can just, again, white-knuckle it or hang in there. Listen, you've got to understand that it's by grace, from grace, from grace, from grace that he's working in our lives. The resurrection power of Jesus gives you power to close the gap between the life that you're currently living and the one that you know that you should be living. I think inside of us, every one of us recognize that, that, that when we're looking at our life, we're saying, this is not how my life is supposed to be. I'm not supposed to have this many broken areas in my life. I'm not supposed to have all of these issues and problems going on in our life. Most of us recognize that. The, the problem is, is that we've tried to change it without God's power. We've tried to change it by ourselves. But what you need to do is learn how to live life in the power of God by going through the process that he has for your life. That it's about a journey. Christianity is not just about a destination. It begins with salvation, but it's about a journey that God wants you to walk in and walk through, to discover all that he has for you, to live out the life that he has, the promises that he has for you in God's word. So it's interesting when we look at the resurrection of Jesus that it took three days. I mean, have you ever just sat back and wondered, okay, why three days? I mean, he's God, right? So literally, he could have died and popped back out. Like, hey, I'm back. I mean, he didn't do it the way that I would do it. I mean, if I had rose from the dead, I'd be showing everybody, look, I'm alive. I'm alive. So why, why three days? I think that God is trying to help us understand that even in his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus is showing us the process of how he is going to bring resurrection life to dead areas of our lives. I would venture to say today that every one of us here have some dead areas in our lives. Some areas that we would like to see different. Some areas that we would like to see see change. So again, he's closing the gap to the life that you're now living to the one that he's always wanted you to live. Here's proof from God's word. 1 Peter 2 says this, this is the kind of life you've been invited into. In other words, this is the journey that you and I have been invited into, the kind of life Christ lived. Going on in that verse, it says, he suffered, talking about Jesus, everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done, that you can handle the suffering you're going through. Because sometimes we think, I can't, right? And also know how to do it step by step. In other words, Friday teaches us something, Saturday teaches us something, and Sunday teaches us something. So there are steps in our process in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so let me real quickly this morning unpack these for you. And I I think with the first one, I think every one of us would agree that Friday represents the day of pain. If y'all have seen the movie, The Passion of Christ, and man, if you've never seen that movie, I'd encourage you to go home and watch that. It's the day of pain where, where we see well, all that Jesus went through, the, the beatings. We saw just a little bit of it again today. The, the crown of thorns that was mashed on his head. The crucifixion. You understood that Jesus could have come at any time in history. That if he came today to the United States, capital punishment is by just being, um, being injected with a drug. But he came at the, the, the cruelest time of capital punishment, crucifixion. He had a spear jabbed into his side. Listen, Jesus came to experience the day of pain so that he could help you and I through our days of pain. Even though we're followers of Jesus Christ, we live in a fallen world. 
See, Jesus told us that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. We live in a fallen world, and because of that, all of us, no one's excluded today, we will experience days of pain. And there are some of you here today, and you're all dressed up, and you're smiling on the outside, slapping people on the back, and greeting people, and yet on the inside, you're, you're filled with pain. And so there were all kinds of different types of pain that Jesus endured, and he endured that pain so that he could identify with our pain. So if you're going through things today in pain and you're going, does God understand? I want you to know that God understands what you're going through. So for those of you who are in the Fridays of your life and the pain that you're dealing with in this season, Jesus understands. He suffered physical pain. Again, this one is fairly obvious. We talked about it, the beatings, the crown of thorns, the nails, the spear in his side. And there are some of you here today and you're suffering in your body. You're dealing with sickness or you're dealing with disease. And the the problem with that pain is that it begins to seep into your soul. And it begins to affect your mind. It begins to affect your spirit. And it begins to affect your attitude. And if you're not careful, it can cause you to actually lose hope. And when you lose hope, you lose the belief that God is going to show up, that God is going to get you out of this pain. You need to know that Jesus understands what you're going through because he dealt with excruciating pain. Something you may not have thought is that Jesus suffered emotional pain. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected by men. He was betrayed by someone closest to him with a kiss. He grew up poor, so he knew what it was like for people to look down upon him, to be that kid that was born out of wedlock. And I know some of you here today, and man, you're doing your best. You're trying to put on a brave face, but you've been betrayed. You've been falsely accused by people. You've been rejected. You've been lied about. And sometimes you wonder, does God really understand? Does God really know what I'm going through? But you need to understand that Jesus dealt with emotional pain too. Jesus dealt with relational pain. There's probably not a pain that's more painful than relational pain. You would think because he was the son of God that his family would be his greatest cheerleaders. They weren't always. In fact, there was a time when he was teaching and they thought that he had lost his mind. They thought he was crazy. And some of you know what that's like because you have crazy family. In fact, when it gets around Christmas time and the holidays and you know you're going to be around that family that's crazy, it starts making you really nervous and you really don't want to do it. And you're trying to think of everything that you can possibly do other than go hang out with that family member. In fact, if you're here today and you're saying, I don't have any crazy members in my family, chances are you are the crazy member in your family. Because there's nothing worse than relational pain. And while it might be Friday in your life right now, the day of pain, you need to know today This Sunday's on the way. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, and we know that all things, even pain, that God works together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You need to understand that God's working something out in your life today. God puts purpose in the pain. He's not the one causing it, just so you know that. That's because we live in a fallen world. But even through the pain that we're going through, the thing that the enemy intends for evil God will use it for his glory and for your good. Some of the the most character development times in my life have been when I've gone through a season of pain. When I've gone through some challenges, when I didn't understand what was going on, and I had to say, God, my trust is in you. 
God, my confidence is in you today. God works all things for good. So even when you're in pain, you have to know today, catch this, there is no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. See, but the truth is most of us are not in the Fridays of our life. We've had pain. We've all dealt with pain, but today we're in the Saturdays of our life. And Saturday is the day of confusion. You see, the disciples on Saturday were not sitting around going, one more day. Man, one more day and Jesus is coming back. Man, they had the music turned up really loud. They're running around the sanctuary dancing and shouting because they're so excited. One more day, they weren't doing that. See, I don't know why, but they had forgot that Jesus had told them that on the third day, he was going to rise from the dead. And it created confusion in their life. And because they were confused about Jesus' death, they were either fearful and hiding, or many of them went back to doing their old jobs. And many of you are stuck in the day of confusion. You've had pain. You've had some pain. You're not, you're not right in the midst of how horrible it is right now because it's been a while since you've had it. But you've, you've had pain and you know the promise. And, and you're looking at these two things. You, you had experienced the pain and, and you know the promise, but you're in this season of waiting for the promise to show up in your life. And you're confused. And when we begin to feel confused, we start making a lot of poor decisions. I watch people come into my life, whether it's through the church or I'm in relationship with, and I watch them go through these times where they've had pain and they're waiting on the promise and they begin to get confused and suddenly they start making horrible choices. They, they walk away from relationships that they needed to just stick it out. They give up on God, they give up on church, and they walk away from the promises. It's crazy what confusion does to us. We become fearful, we become worried, and we become anxious. And even as believers, we become unbelieving. That I guess that really isn't the promise for me. I guess God doesn't really mean that. And we want answers. Even if God isn't going to fix it right now, we want an answer to that three-letter word, why. God, just tell me why. Tell me, tell me why I'm going through this. I, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've had people ask me that. Richie, why? Why, why did this person die? Why, why did this happen? And I don't know because there are some things this side of heaven we're not going to understand until we get to heaven. And we can begin to understand the fullness of what God's plan and purpose was. There are some things that we like to know why they happened. It's just a natural part of the way that we are wired. And sometimes... We want to know the answers to things that we don't even know, that don't even affect us. It it doesn't even deal with us. I mean, I think in all of us, there's a level of curiosity of of things that we want to know the answers to. Some of you, it's why you watch reality TV. You just want to know why that person acts like that. You want to try to figure that out. And there there are some things that I want to know the answers to. In fact, when we get to heaven, there's some things that I'm going to go, I'm going to go find some people and I'm going to find out some things. One of the things I want to find out when I get to heaven is, does Adam have a belly button? <laughs> Didn't have an umbilical cord. So I want to know if he, had, if he had a belly button. Another thing I want to know is I want to go up to Noah and say, Noah, when you had the chance, why didn't you swat those two mosquitoes? Right? I wish he'd have done it. So there's, there's so many questions that we have when we get to heaven. Listen, we've got questions in life. Maybe you've had some of these questions. Why is the word abbreviated so long? Why don't sheep shrink when it rains? 
You ever thought about these things? Why, why when the traffic is the slowest, do we call it rush hour? And why do we call the person that handles all of our money a broker? Last one, and if flying is so safe, why do they call the airport a terminal? Just, just some questions that we have. And the disciples, they were in the day of confusion. They wondered why. And, and it led them to be filled with doubt, fear, worry, unbelief, and confusion. And, and the truth is our doubt, fear, worry, and unbelief isn't helping us at all. I know some of you think worry works because most of the things you worry about never happen. But it doesn't. When we're worried, when we're, when we're fearful, when we're, we're anxious and we're doubting, all those things do is just cause us to go through this turmoil until all of a sudden things work out okay. And if we're not careful, things that we're walking through, we can get on the verge of, I need to give up. You know what, God, I, I can't trust you, so I'm just going to continue to dwell in my worry. Man, my prayer for you today is that you wouldn't give up. That you wouldn't quit. That you would make the choice, which by the way, that's exactly what it is, is a choice. When our feelings are all over the place, we can make a choice to still believe the promises of God. It's why you need people in your life. If you're not in a connect group, you need to get plugged into a small group of people so that when you are going through those confusing times of your life, you can have some people start speaking life into some areas. And they can remind you of God's promises. And they can remind you, listen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Keep, keep steadfast on the promises of God. See, as a pastor, I go through times of confusion just like you. I'm waiting on the promises sometimes, and I'm, and I'm believing God for some things, and sometimes my life just feels out of kilter. But I've got a group of men and a group of women in my life that when I am rattled like that, I run to them and I say, man, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling. Am I right or am I wrong? And they get the opportunity to speak life into me. And in that moment, I know that I feel I want to do this. But because they're not confused like I am, and they're telling me to do this, I choose this. And I continue to be able to walk in victory in my life. Make a choice just to trust in God. Make a choice to live by faith. Believe God. Believe his promises. Become a worshiper and learn how to get into his presence. In fact, it's one of the things I love about the way that we worship. And I know maybe you're a guest today and you're going, man, what's with all the hand raising and all the dancing? Listen, it's just about a celebration of the goodness of God. Because sometimes we come to church and we've been fighting the devil all week long. And that's not the person you're married to, by the way. We've been fighting all kinds of different issues and things. And we come in and we feel a little rattled and we feel a little beat up. But I'm telling you, we begin to sing those songs. And even though we've been confessing the problem all week long, suddenly we start confessing the promise and the goodness of God. And suddenly our life just begins to change. That's why sometimes when I watch you worship, I see people crying. Because, man, they've just been dealing with so much junk all week long. And suddenly they're ushered into the presence of God. And all that junk begins to fall off of them. Become a worshiper. See, David said this, in your presence is fullness of joy. Well, Pastor Richie, I worship and I don't feel joy. You've not stepped into his presence. You haven't. In fact, you can have a quiet time. You can sing all the songs. You can read your Bible. But until you learn how to step into the presence of God, his presence is what changes you. And sometimes you got to fight to get into his presence. you got to keep rebuking the enemy and begin to keep saying over your life what the word of God says about you. The word of God says that you're more than a conqueror. The word of God says by his stripes you are healed. The word of God says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. 
And when you begin to stand on the word and you begin to stand on the promises and you declare them and you're worshiping God, suddenly you find yourself in the presence of God. And suddenly the joy of the Lord becomes restored to your life. The joy of the Lord, by the way, is our strength. So if you're in a Friday of your life, you need to know that there is no pain that His purpose cannot redeem. And if you're in the Saturday of your life, you need to know that there is no confusion that His presence cannot calm. I don't care how confused, how lost you feel, there's no confusion that His presence cannot calm. See, you might be in the Saturday of your life right now, the day of confusion, but you need to know today that Sunday's on its way. Sunday is just a ride around the corner. In fact, the truth is, see, I don't want you to get stuck in Friday or in Saturday. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in you. So I want you to be on a journey, and I want you to get to Sunday, the day of resurrection. See, listen, Sunday is available to you. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you today. So it's available to you today. Sunday is when dead things come back to life. Dead dreams come back to life. Dead hopes come back to life. Dead relationships come back to life. Some of you are just one sunrise away from your entire world and your entire life turning completely around. And as I'm talking, you're going, Pastor Richie, that's the one I want. How do I get to Sunday? There's, it's only found in one person, Jesus Jesus said, I am the way. It's not found in your self-effort. It's not found in being in relationship with somebody, going to a particular church. It's found in Jesus. Listen, Jesus doesn't just offer resurrection life. He is resurrection life. Listen to what he told Martha in John chapter 11. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He goes on to say this, that he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let me ask you that this morning. Do you believe this? Let me ask you one more time. Do you believe this? See, that's all you need to do. I've got one goal today. I need you to believe that Friday is not going to be in your life forever. I need you to believe that you're not going to be stuck in Saturday forever. I need to get you to believe that Sunday is on its way so that you understand, catch this, that there is no death that his power cannot resurrect. I know some of you are looking at some things that died. And you're thinking, I don't think God could ever bring that dream back. I don't think that, I'm on plan B in my life. I'm, I'm on a different plan. Now listen, there is no death that his power cannot resurrect. Let me close with this verse. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 spells the message that I've shared out for us today very succinctly for us to understand these steps. Philippians 3 verse 10 says that I want to know Christ. And just so you know, this isn't head knowledge. This isn't knowing about him. This is about an intimate, day-by-day, moment-by-moment relationship with him. It's walking with him. See, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what God is calling us to do, is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Not to, to put Jesus in our life on Sunday and then leave him here and we'll go live our own life through the week and then come back and revisit him again on Sunday. He wants us to know him intimately to be growing in that revelation of who he is and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
You see, Paul had some Fridays and Saturdays going on in his life too. In fact, when you read throughout the Word of God, I'm amazed at the men of faith, some of the things that they walked through. And he goes on to say this, that I want to suffer with him Friday, sharing in his death Saturday, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead Sunday. And I want to say it again, you can't experience any of this without knowing Christ. As a church, we can't help you with resurrection life. We can point you to the one that is resurrection in life, but we can't help you with resurrection life. People that you're in relationship with, they can't. There's only one person that can help you experience the resurrection life, and that is Jesus. So I want to pray for you. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.